Goodbye now. It's over. That's all. Thank you. All right. That's a wrap. It's Friday, and this is The Wrap on the Jazz Joe Hall Show. Thank God it's This week, we asked, should landlords be held responsible for providing air conditioning in rental units and all hail the king or not? Joining me now is our <laughs> usual reference. We're already laughing. I mean, come on. <laughs> Can't even get through the intro. Joining me now is our regular rap penalty alive, TV reporter and radio host, and Sarah Daniel. She's a real estate agent in South Surrey, author, and she's a broadcaster as well. Leah, Sarah, welcome. Buongiorno. Well, a few hours ago, a couple of hours ago, we had a guest on the show, Nadine Nakagawa. She's a city councillor from New Westminster, and she, like a lot of local elected officials, were at the Lower Mainland Local Government Association Conference. Now, that sounds very dry, but one of the motions that they introduced there uh, was to hold uh, landlords, and they want to change this to the Tenancy Act, and what it would basically say is that, look, landlords at this point are already responsible for providing heating when somebody rents their property. They should also be responsible for cooling, which means, of course, air conditioning units or some sort of cooling system. Now, that motion didn't pass. One of the reasons Ms. Nakagawa said it didn't pass is most elected officials are homeowners. They're not renters like her. Uh, She talked a little bit about that motion with me earlier today. Take a listen. So this was an ask that the provincial government would consider changing the Residential Tenancy Act, like you said, to include cooling in rental units. And there's quite a spirited debate on the floor. Um, You know, some people um, sharing their experiences of dropping off cooling units for seniors during during the heat dome in 2021 and the impact that had. And in the end, it did not pass. Um, My colleagues from across the Lower Mainland did not um, support that resolution. Now, that motion didn't pass. I suspect it'll be brought back uh, next year or the year after. I don't think it's going anywhere. But it's an interesting conversation. Got lots of calls uh, from our, on our buzz line as well. Leah, let me start with you. What do you think of the idea, in, uh, especially in, in an era of climate change, and we all know about, of course, the heat dome from 2021, where 619 people died in our province because of uh, in, in a week uh, because temperatures were above 40 degrees Celsius. Do you think this is something we should consider, or do you think it's just quite onerous in regards to cost for landlords? Well, I think it's definitely something we should be doing because the temperatures are going to continue to rise. And unfortunately, I believe we'll have a heat dome again in the future. And just every year, our temperature is rising through the summer. So I think, you know what, build it into the rental price, you know, whatever your monthly rental cost is, you know, you build it in. But I think everybody should have that. Like you said, the 619 deaths during the heat dome, like that should never have happened and shouldn't happen in the future. Now that we've experienced that, we should learn from that and we should be giving air conditioning. And I think all new buildings too, any new townhouses, apartments. I know Vancouver City Council back last year in May, Mm -hmm. they approved the Omnibus Climate Emergency Building Report, which recommends that new buildings must have air conditioning starting January 2025. They have to be three levels and higher. And I think that's a great idea. I think every city should adopt that for new buildings. And I think landlords should be concerned for their tenants. You want tenants, you should be able to keep them cool. Just build it into the price. That's the way I would get Sarah, it. you're in the real estate industry. You deal with uh, a lot of homeowners. You deal with a lot of landlords. Your thoughts on this one? It just seems so easy, doesn't it? That we would just, you know, <laughs> magically like, every free air conditioner for you. You get an air conditioner. The problem is actually, like, not just logistics. First of all, rents are extremely high as it is right now. Mm-hmm. And onerous. You add on to the cost of just purchasing air conditioning, the cost of air conditioning. Which is not to say that tenants do not deserve to, the comfort of their home. I mean, let's face it. It used to be 10 years ago you could hardly wait for summer. Now you're like, dear God, what hap- is going to happen this summer? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's kind of the, 
the the issue. But for instance, I mean, I I sell condos, townhouses, all those kind of things. A lot of the condo towers um, that are like eight, 10 stories high, a lot of glass towers and um, in the White Rock South Surrey area, but also much higher in the downtown core. You don't even have the ability to install anything except a portable air conditioner. Most buildings have bylaws about uh, window air conditioners because they feel that they look unsightly um, and that, you know, if they're not properly installed, they can actually pose a danger to people on the ground. So there's a yeah. whole kind of mess of things that go along with it. Whether, whether like, it's, it's, it's not that I don't think that people shouldn't be in, uh, able to have air conditioning. I think it's a great idea. It's just how to implement it and how those costs are going to actually affect, affect tenants. Because you tell landlords that they have to provide air conditioning in a townhouse or a condo, <laughs> and guess whose rent's <laughs> going to go up like 250 bucks a month. Yeah, yeah. And, and I also think um, if you are going to implement something like this, and it's not going to say it has to be, a traditional air conditioning system, you can say, look, you've got to provide some sort of cooling system. It could be picking up one of those smaller units that you can buy three to four hundred dollars um, at your, yeah. at uh, at Canadian Tire or Costco, but it's not going to you know cool the entire building. It may just be one room, so that's part of the challenge. But I think you know all new builds should have some sort of cooling totally. system, as as uh, as Leah said. Absolutely. The challenge is when you have elderly people living in subsidized housing with an uh, in an older apartment buildings where there's lots of older stock uh, from the 70s and 80s. That's where the challenge is going to be. And, 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 and that, I would. I would certainly suggest to those older buildings that they revisit having window air conditioners. The portable ones are a little bit ungainly. They're difficult for seniors to actually move around and pro- possibly install mm-hmm. uh, because but from, they, from they what are I heard quite from, ungainly. Sorry? Oh, sorry. Sorry. From what I heard from people from older buildings that did buy air conditioners, it cut out their power because the grid was not built for that. Yeah. So a lot so, of them and, had and, problems during the heat dome. And, and that's the thing, right? So that, so like whether a window air conditioner, now like a lot of, like I said, a lot of the uh, buildings necessarily don't want them because they want them to be properly installed. There's all sorts of, like what mm-hmm. we forget is you install a window air conditioner in a, in a rental building and you get your friend to install it for you and it's not properly installed <laughs> and it falls out of the yeah. window. Then we're talking insurance issues. It's just like, I know that sounds crazy, but it's, it's just not yeah. as simple as what a nice idea it would be. And literally, with these kind of things, sometimes no good deed goes unpunished. Yeah, and eventually we are going to have to get True. there, whether it's unsightly or not, whether we have the policy uses or not. If yeah. if, if, the, if the temperature is going to continue to rise, whatever we have to works. Do. Yeah, look, they have those air conditioners on windows. They're kind of unsightly, but they're all over Europe, Asia, Africa, exactly. uh, mm-hmm. Australia. It is the world deals with it, and we as Canadians have to wrap yeah. our heads around this. Yeah, uh, as now well. we're getting warmer, so <laughs> that, it's going to have to happen. That is absolutely <laughs> right. Well, coming up next, I'm always the coolest, though. We are speaking to our Friday rap panel. Leah Halive and Sarah Daniels um, are joining us. Well, let's uh, cast our eyes towards Great Britain. Food prices rose 19% year-on-year in March. The inflation rate peaked at 11% in October and at this point it's at 10%. In fact, Britain is the only Western European country with double-digit inflation. But somehow, somehow, uh, they've managed to set aside $170 million for a coronation for Charles, who has Let's be honest, has been heir to the throne for a very long time. Seven decades he's been waiting. So the coronation is this weekend. Uh, Global National, of course, will be there broadcasting all the uh, pageantry. Take a listen uh, to one of their reports uh, filed earlier today. King Charles, along with the Queen Consort, Camilla, will be crowned on Saturday. He will be the 40th reigning monarch to be crowned there since 1066. It is a place steeped in history. But it's 2023. A coronation may seem like a throwback to another era. 
Yet this will be an historic moment, and around Buckingham Palace, excitement is building. Hardcore monarchists are already scoping out spots. He's the king of our country. We've got to support our country. You know, we're not Great Britain for nothing. We're just really excited to be here within the atmosphere and to see the coronation, to see the king being crowned. It's just a momentous occasion. Everyone loves a great party, that pomp, that circumstance. I think it just it lifts all of our spirits. Uh, Leah, let me start with you, first of all. Will you be sitting on the couch tomorrow just watching TV for hours upon hours? Uh, okay, for starters, mm -hmm. they found the one American there in that package. So. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> but I will not be watching the coronation of King Charles III. I can't be bothered. Um, it's going to rain, which I kind of find is funny. I think Camilla should not be named Queen. I think Canada should just exit the Commonwealth, leave the monarchy in the past where it belongs. It's so outdated. I will not be watching. And and I'm pretty sure Sarah feels the same way. Sarah? Yeah. I mean, I, I mean Le, I, for Le, Leo's usually pretty diplomatic. For her to come out swinging like that, I go, whoa. No, no, I'm, I'm, yeah, you know, the queen was great. You know, it was, she was around for 70 years yeah. and she made some missteps and stuff like that. But let's face it. Camilla drove that Diana out. Nobody's going to ever forget that. And I don't care about two decades of trying to make yourself look like you're wonderful. They just aired some stuff the other night about her laughing at some of the indigenous people that were performing a dance. And she just thought what? it was hysterical. And, oh, yeah. Awful. No. Classy lady. She's just yucking it up because she doesn't understand a culture that's different from hers. I mean, I think we all know where she can stick her crumpets. But anyhow, <laughs> that's it. That's another story altogether. They, you know, the country left Brexit. The country drove away Harry and Meghan, who were literally mm -hmm. could have been the face of something new and different. Instead, we've got like Peg and Buttons, which is the nickname for William and, and Kate, you know, who Peg. don't do anything, like literally do nothing. They, I mean, they, they went to a pub this week. Oh, my goodness. That must have been exhausting. How did you ever do it? Better run back home, Kate, and get your hair blown out for tomorrow. I'm sorry. It's just all a little too white for me. And this is a multicultural yeah. country and a multicultural commonwealth. People, let's get it together. Well, this their people are starving. Like you said, inflation is crazy. And yet, but we can pay for a coronation. You know? I know. I know. He, and Charles himself, uh, you know, they've estimated his personal wealth at six hundred million to one point six yeah. billion pounds. So it is. It's. It's a. It, there is a, a huge it's difference crazy. between working class Brits and and and, and certainly I'm sure the royalty. And Africa, Africa, and India would probably like back oh, yeah. a lot of their jewels. Oh, They're not yeah. yeah. everything yeah. else that was plundered. <laughs> exactly. I mean, well, actually, <laughs> I was looking at the number when the British first arrived. India represented twenty. 24% of the global economy. There and then when go. they yeah. when they left 175 years later, it was 4% of the global economy. So yeah. I, yeah. I don't think there's been too many people cheering in India. But uh, Leah, what about the idea of William and Kate? I know uh, Sarah's not convinced, but what if, what if they had just skipped <laughs> Charles nice and Camilla and just moved to William and Kate and said that's a different generation? <sighs> would, that, would that help? Would it that is, help? but I... I... <laughs> know how Sarah feels but I'm kind of with Sarah for the fact that they're very stuffy they are like a Charles and Camilla so they're just a younger version of them unfortunately they I rode do around Harry, yeah they, they, they Harry and Meghan would have been better tour, but... you know riding around in the back of the jeep and all that yeah. like colonialists it was like it was like straight out of the 1950s sticking their I mean, hands through the gate but called a day 
Yeah. They're very stuffy. Yeah. They're, they're, they're not going to be the new generation that's going to bring everybody together. I think they kind of missed the boat on Harry on that. I think he would have. Megan, I'm not a big fan of, but I think they could have, you know, warmed up to her. But I think, I just think those two are not going to be the new coming. I really don't. I yeah. think they're just going to be another version of Charles and Camilla. Well, you know, I don't think I, I don't think Megan stood a chance. She actually wanted to work no. and do stuff, and that's completely against the grain of the royal family. Her hands were tied. No, I'm sorry, but the, you know, unless I'm going to stand in my garden and talk to my plants and maybe go to a pub occasionally, I'm done. So you know. uh, I think uh, our, one of our guests uh, who's on earlier to, today was saying, you know, I, I don't think Andy's going to have people are just going to be even more disinterested as the years and years go by. I think BC it's Fairies, fading. BC Fairies already yeah. announced that they they are not after the Queen died. They're not putting up King no Charles. Picture. Picture, yeah, uh, and, and and the money as well. So yeah, so there you go. It's bit by bit. Uh, I guess that is the fate of the royal what family. What do you feel, Jazz? Well, I, I think I think people are just disinterested. <laughs> I think you're right. I think yeah. after the Queen, it's uh, you know people have moved on. It is what it is. Leah, Sarah, thank you. <laughs> Thanks, guys. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms. <laughs> 